Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Streetcast. This is a Harry Potter reread podcast for lapsed fans. I am your host, ZC. And I'm Liz. And Liz. Uh... You hear that? That's that's me falling into, into a hole uh, oh. in, in Dark Arts Month. Oh, wow. Um, Uh-oh. Have you uh, fallen to the dark arts? I well, well, I you know I'm a, I'm I wouldn't say I'm afraid of heights, but I am afraid of like bottomless pits, I guess. Um, so that's something that scares me. So I wanted to bring I wanted to <laughs> to bring a little bit of fear uh, uh, to the to the beginning of our our episode. What's something you're you're afraid of? That, that I think would... that was very effective because I have to say I'm afraid of heights, but now I'm like I never thought of that as like. Uh, a separate thing right but when you say it like that it's like what's scarier than heights and it's falling forever yeah that's yeah, that horrible yeah that doesn't sound fun that would be do you think a bog art could do that like if i if i was in you know lupin's defense against the dark arts class and had to do a bog art thing could a bog art become a, a, a an abyss how does that work i mean probably it could probably like look like one but i don't know if you could fall down one yeah um this this sounds like a good question for jk rowling on twitter <laughs> um i think that my bog art would probably be uh very silly because i i think it would be a, a crane fly um Ooh. i know that different i know that different regions in the united states call crane flies different things but they're like I think some people, some places call them mosquito eaters. I think that some places call them daddy long legs, um, mm. but they're those big flying. Yeah. Uh, they kind of look like mosquitoes, but they're huge and they don't they hang bite. out in bathrooms sometimes. Ugh, I, yeah, I hate them. Um, so that would be my bogart would probably be, <clears throat> excuse me, a crane fly. I guess mine actually more realistically, like I, I, I definitely don't like falling sensations, but um. I guess speaking of crane flies, like I, I have a thing with wasps specifically. Oh yeah, wasps are no good. Um, I, I don't know if if I would have like waspophobia or whatever it would technically be called, but I, I definitely, uh, uh, go a little crazy if I see a wasp. I will do anything to to get inside if I see one. Uh, I've had some very embarrassing experiences, like riding in cars when I've noticed a, sure. a, a, a lot, like like. Like not a not a fan. I love bees though. I think bees are cute, but specifically yeah. wasps are. Yeah, wasps wasps were bad. I I uh, was stung a lot by wasps as a kid. Um, and honestly, the thing and I I feel like I was pretty scared of wasps for a really long time, and I got stung again as an adult, and it kind of made me less afraid of them because yeah, the see, sting that's... like was not as bad as I remember. Yeah, and maybe that's part of it because I've never been stung. Like I've, I'm very oh. afraid of them, and I think maybe, maybe I've like worked up in my head, like, oh, it's the biggest deal in the world if I get stung. But yeah, it's, it's like a say a cuss kind of pain, I would say. Uh huh. Like ah fuck. Like ah fuck that. Ouch. Oof. Owie. Right. Um. Um. I'm not talking about Harry Potter right at the top because uh, Harry Potter is no longer America's favorite book. And, what? And you know just. <laughs> figured that if you know even though this is a harry potter podcast we've got to we've got to respect the will of the people and and not lead with it you know well yeah does that mean we're changing our podcast are we are we at now a whatever this mysterious new book is podcast well well, so here's the thing i guess there was always one in first place i am referring to the bible i swear to god oh no 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 nothing that silly um um (laughs) so i'm referring to 
PBS's Great American Read, which is a big vote they do. Oh, sure. Yeah. Every, every year. Um, I've heard about this. And uh, for a long time now, I, I guess, uh, as, as I am to infer from, from the articles I've read about it, Harry Potter has always been in technically first place. I say technically because I think since the competition was started, uh, uh, To Kill a Mockingbird has been the number one, like just forever. Hmm. Sure. Um, uh, good book, uh, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, Harry Potter has always kind of come in second to that since, since Harry Potter has been around, uh, but it has been dethroned this year. I can't believe this. By a book called Outlander by Diana Galbaden. And I don't know anything about Outlander. Have you heard of Outlander? Um, maybe. What, what is what it? What genre is it, a... is it? Well, I just I said maybe because I don't it, know if I'm thinking yeah. of the right thing. Um, I don't like like uh, like uh to me that sounds like some ya stuff just from the it? title i so but i must I be no thinking idea. of something else i'm looking i'm going no. to goodreads Wait, outlander is is there a uh tv show based on it because okay here's uh, my story here's okay. my story about this and it's that i am a star trek fan Hell um yeah. and on the very popular uh hugely very good website tumblr.com uh i track some tags and one of those tags is just voyager as in star trek voyager Mm -hmm. um which brings me the greatest you know star trek (laughs) content uh delete the wife right to my (laughs) right to my tumblr feed um but in the voyager tag is this unrelated show outlander because there is apparently something related to the word voyager so that is the only way i know this uh, I believe, if it is okay, related I am, I am looking at a goodreads review and the word voyager is absolutely in it and yes there is a tv show okay. so yes i i am are, familiar with we are, this <laughs> we are piecing this together um i kind of like this premise honestly uh the year is 1945 claire randall a former combat nurse is just back from the war and reunited with her husband on a second honeymoon when she walks through a standing stone in one of the ancient circles that dot the british isles suddenly she is a sassanac i've never been able to pronounce that uh an outlander in a scotland torn by war and raiding border clans in the year of our lord 1743 Hmm. So it's a time travel action adventure genre thing. That sounds kind of fucking cool. I'm into I'm, that. I'm very surprised by this being up there on the Great American Read, only because uh, the only way I know it is through uh, what looked to me like an extremely niche fandom on Tumblr. Yeah. Maybe they stuffed the vote a little bit. I don't know. I, I This beating Harry Potter seems a little weird. Not 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 to be mean to Outlander. I, I, like I said, I think this premise actually sounds kind of cool now that I've seen it. But I've not I had not heard of this. I I've never seen anyone talk about it. Um, I'm surprised that it could dethrone it, dethrone Harry Potter in the Great American Read, mostly because as far as I know, uh, according to, to my research on Reddit, parents are just like forcing their young children to read Harry Potter now because they liked it. Um, yeah yeah i i love these posts because they're always like these photos of kids opening their present and it's harry potter and they just have like a strange smile on their face and then the, and then the caption <laughs> like is, is like it, it's my daughter's t- 
starting the journey to Hogwarts. And it's like, thanks. Thanks for getting me this, uh, this Harry Potter book that I don't, don't uh, know about uh, instead of, <laughs> instead of Fortnite books or that Switch, I wanted. Or, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Forcing your kids to be exactly like you is a, is a really fucking weird thing to do, but yeah. So, so congratulations to Outlander, I guess. How do you think, do you think J.K. Rowling knows about this news at all? Do you think she saw this and got really mad? Because oh, because it is a, a book about Scotland, right? And she's oh. you know she is deeply invested in, in in you know Scottish identity, so she's probably like fuck. I should have I should have done that. Harry should have time traveled. Fuck. Harry, do- Harry does time travel. I, he, Harry should have time traveled specifically to <laughs> to this period in time. Um, yeah. No, I I think she's over books. Uh, she's oh, writing she's, block. She's writing blockbuster movies these days. A, oh, that's quite. Oh, how quaint. Oh, oh, you've dethroned my novel. I'm beyond that now. I've. I'm writing a film. I'm writing five films. I've written five. They're already done. I've written all five films. Yeah, exactly. She. She it, doesn't. In this she doesn't give a shit about this. Can't see them. Yeah. Um, she's so far beyond. Yeah, she's over it. Um, she'll. She'll send. Uh, she'll send a bouquet or something of flowers. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so there's, there's our first piece of news, Harry Potter, no longer it. Um, this, this might be controversial to say on my Harry Potter podcast. Um, but I would say uh that this, it seems high time. It's 2018. I think it's, I think it's ready for Harry Potter to get knocked down a few, a few points. I, I love, I love Harry Potter. Um, uh, despite all of its flaws. Uh, but I would say that Harry Potter was probably like, our generation star wars to be corny about it right mm-hmm, sure. um and uh it's time it's time for the 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 gen z kids to have their own thing is it you kids know? that's into outlander probably not i, I this guess is, this is probably i guess like this is just a perception because it was literally just <sighs> me, lo- me looking at screen caps on tumblr of this uh-huh. show but when i looked at it i was like this is for not kids like right. th- this yeah, is for probably. like i watch this after i watch uh uh call the midwife tra- right exactly oh um, yeah it's a it's a it looks like some some I, i'm not i'm not to be clear i'm not making a joke here this looks like some some like someone wrote a fantasy novel for women and that's cool like like hell but, yeah that that but like here's a fantasy novel for moms you know like it's about Maybe a, it's I about check a it nurse out uh uh yeah this seems like it seems like it could be a cool book i wouldn't mind reading this um maybe that should be our our antidote to fucking fault in our stars right can is there an antidote to the fault in our stars um well since we said we weren't going to talk about it anymore uh i'm gonna say yes this next news article is our antidote to fault in our stars okay um because it will make us just as mad i think Oh. Uh, this is from Cosmopolitan. This is Ezra Miller says Dumbledore's queerness is extremely explicit in Fantastic Beasts 2. People have to take a moment and acknowledge the gift Joe Rowling gave us. Ah, uh, that so is this a gift. Is, this has been a fucking thing this week. Um, <laughs> How did I, I miss this? Oh, I can't God. believe you managed to keep this one under wraps from me. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah, this is... This is a lot. Um... I think some context is important here. Ezra Miller plays Credence in, in the in the Fantastic Beasts series. Um, he, I thought he died in the first movie, but he's back, baby, uh, talking to the press. And 
he's he has been the very cutesy youthful face of the movie marketing so far yeah yeah um he showed up to comic con wearing a toadette costume sure um and said that if magic was real he would wish for the patriarchy to not exist me too uh he right yeah he's he, he's kind of doing and saying all the right things right um and i'm starting to get a little uh i'm yeah, I'm side-eyeing this now, you know, because um, yes. it really feels like he is starting to be trotted out as, like, the shield for this film. Um, and I'm just going to say it. I think that if you are on a movie uh, with Johnny Depp, that you're the writer of the film, you know, the, the, the creator of the film has been going on record Given Johnny Depp some big ups, I think you should keep your fucking mouth shut. That's just my opinion. I yeah, I can agree with that, but um, I I can't I can't believe. I mean, I guess I can understand like unfortunate phrasing in an interview, but describing it as a gift is really really bad. Well, you mentioned unfortunate phrasing. I'm I'm just gonna read read the article oh, here. Okay, sure. Okay. The internet has been obsessively nosy about Dumbledore's love life since J.K. Rowling revealed he was gay in an interview in 2007, but fans have been fed conflicting information about how much of his sexuality will be shown in the new film, with the director recently clarifying that the the character would most definitely feature in sensual moments with young Grindelwald, the rival wizard he fell in love with. And now Ezra Miller, Miller, excuse me, Ezra Miller, um, (laughs) Ezra Miller, if if we swap swap it around, it's a lot easier to say. Uh, has told Total Film Magazine that in his opinion, it's pretty damn obvious. For me personally, I find Dumbledore's queerness extremely explicit in the film, he said. He sees Grindelwald, his young lover, who is the love of his life. He sees him in the Mirror of Erised. What does the Mirror of Erised show you? Nothing more than the most desperate desire of your heart. If that's not explicitly gay, I don't know what is. So we're right. Uh, There's another Fantastic Beast prediction to throw up on the board. Sure, Um, yeah. uh, We did it. We did it, everyone. Woohoo. He added, people have to also take the moment. People have to also take a moment and acknowledge the gift that Joe Rowling gave us by writing one of the greatest characters in literary history, one of the most beloved characters across the whole spectrum of civil society and the beliefs and ideologies there. One of the most beloved characters. And then at the end of writing that series was like, oh, yeah, and he's gay. What step to me? She is forever a god for that. Um, what the fuck? Is what all I have to say about that. Fuck Excuse are you talking me. About wow, how brave to have a popular character be not gay for all these years, and then just sneak it in the door as you as you're leaving. Not even as you're leaving, like a year after the last book came out, and nothing was in the book about it. Like, fuck off. Is Dumbledore really that beloved? I mean, I I can see that he is in a way, right? Yeah, I, I think- just. He, I think he is, um, but not in a way where I think retroactively making him gay would fucking matter at all, right? Like, people like Dumbledore in the way they like, I don't know, Santa Claus and Gandalf. You know, yeah, I like, guess that's what I mean. It's like, not so much that he isn't beloved, but I mean that he, he seems beloved as a, uh, like, archetype tradition yeah he's he's the he's the the wise kindly old man like everyone loves one of those in a story right like that's not new that's not a 
That doesn't make you the greatest character in literary tradition. Yeah, I guess that's more what I'm taking issue with here. <laughs> the most beloved character in literary tradition. The old guy that's in every fucking book ever written. Um, but yeah, uh, I think this is this is a, a, a step too far. And specifically, uh, this last quote here. Ezra Miller is sick, getting sick of people making judgments before they've watched the damn movie. He said, why don't you wait until you see the film before you start talking shit on Twitter or wait to make up your own mind about something for once in your life? Do your own research. Make up your own mind. If if he really cared about people making up their own mind, why does he want people to stop talking about it? That's a good question. I'm I. I'm really confused. There, there was honestly like I feel like the everything surrounding this movie has been so weirdly manipulative. Yes. I like watching, I think it was JK Rowling saying Dumbledore will not be explicitly gay in this movie. And then that story just changing halfway through, because I'm pretty sure they edited that in later with the mirror of Erised scene. And then everyone else saying, told you so about right. it being explicit. It is, um, cra- it is like, okay. Uh, there are a lot of psychology terms and whatnot that, that are get tossed around a lot. Uh, and I think kind of in a healthy way, but is this not textbook gaslighting? Like, right, like I, I as marketing, it, it was said. Like she said that he was not going to be, and then I'm just like getting hit with this. Like I told you so. It's gonna be fine. Just watch the movie. Yeah, and it's like, did that not happen? Um, also, words don't fucking mean anything uh, anymore. You can just say whatever you want, and whatever the last thing you said is true. Like, like I, th- I think it's time for Ezra Miller. And with all due respect, to read what subtext means. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, uh, it's just it's just a lot. I'm I can't I can't believe this movie's going to come out in in two weeks, and then <laughs> then we will be able to make our final judgment. Ah, uh, finally, yeah. We, I just we can't. We have to see it first. It just it's just real fucking rich to see this guy running his mouth in this specific like if like i i, I don't even necessarily 100% disagree with him in the sense that like yes i will need to see the movie to make a final judgment on this right like of course sure but i'm also not an idiot and i am being fed marketing constantly for this movie more than maybe the average person is because like we run a podcast and i'm actively seeking it out and so i'm and, tracking and you have an you have an alert on your phone <laughs> for whatever news some alert new marketing has come out yeah yeah yeah, yeah exactly uh, i am i am keenly tuned in to the to the arc of the marketing for this movie uh and i am allowed to form an opinion based on what i am being force-fed by wb um, I do not have to sit here and like it. I am allowed to criticize it. Uh, and I am also allowed to not like it. And I am also allowed to think it's a little fucking weird to to be grandstanding like this when, like, it was not even a year ago. Like, it was a few months ago that they were all sharing a stage with Johnny Depp, giving a weird, like, fake Hitler speech about how everyone here knows the truth. They know that he was falsely accused of of beating his wife up. Like, fuck off. <sighs> this sucks. Like, come on. Yeah. That's 
that is my feeling for this is come on man yep um that was very cursed news that was some very cursed news uh, i've got a little of uh, uh, just a quick uh sure <laughs> a quick palate cleanser for us here you mm-hmm. know them you love them bustle.com woohoo sip by swells harry potter bottles are here for all of your butter beer and water needs <sighs> The holiday season's approaching. I'm pretty sure we're just going to get one of these a day. Um, this one, we, we've had wine glasses, we've had uh, uh, mugs, and now we have water bottles with the same fucking muggle fucker bullshit on on them. Wait, it's the uh, same sayings? No, these the no these ones just have that. You know that like shitty lazy graphic design of like the two circles representing his glasses and the lightning bolt. Yeah, I hate it's that like, so it's, much. Yeah, it's, it's that. Um, yeah. Well, great. Uh, so, Love so there's that. that. I did say it was a less cursed palate cleanser, but actually, that's pretty bad too. Um, yeah. Um, if you could have a, well, what would you choose? Like, do you want a wine glass with Muggle fucker on it, or do you want a hair like a minimalist Harry Potter glasses and lightning bolt? Ugh. <sighs> Ugh. I guess I would get the minimalist mug, but or the yeah the water bottle. Like if I had to choose, like a gunpoint one of these things because like I like water bottles. I will sure. drink out of a water bottle. Um, I have enough mugs. Uh, I like my mugs. Um, and I don't. I mean, like I don't hate wine, but I'm not like a wine drinker. Uh, yeah regularly uh and so i don't really have any need for wine glasses and i don't have any trump voting relatives that i need to uh epically own by drinking a harry potter wine in front of them yeah that's fair I, you know neither do i i still think that i would go with the 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 wine glass i both love wine um and i also kind of love like kitschy stuff so i think that that's like pretty close like i find it funny enough that i think that that's what i would choose okay and i have placed the order and my <laughs> christmas shopping is done excellent i'm, I'm glad i, I can help out uh i will look forward to that um <laughs> uh, did we read anything this week can we can we escape this news hole we did read this week hell um, yeah we did so I will I will jump into that. Uh, we started this week with chapter 12, uh, which is called the Triwizard Tournament. And we uh, are just arriving at Hogwarts and the, and the kids are, are coming in and it's very rainy and, and moody, you might say. Um, and, and they're soaked from the rain and Peeves is in the, the entrance hall and is throwing water balloons and Ron, you know, gets hit by a water balloon and is soaking wet. McGonagall kind of shows up to shoo Peeves away and they end up going into the great hall to watch the sorting. And this is the first sorting that Harry has seen since he, he himself was sorted when they kind of sit down to watch Colin Creevy uh, gets Harry's attention and tells him that his brother, his younger brother Dennis, is a first year and hopes that he'll get into Gryffindor. Because of that conversation, we get like a brief explanation from Hermione because Harry asks if siblings are always sorted together, and she explains that, like, no, they're not, and we already know that. <laughs> so, so we do get that, uh, and they also look up at the head table and notice that they're they're a chair empty, and they are worried or at least Hermione is worried and saying like, what if they didn't get anyone for the defense against the dark arts job? 
Ron is really hungry and is, is complaining, but the first years have arrived and we see uh, a bunch of kids get sorted. We also hear the sorting hat song. We see Dennis, who is Colin Creevy's younger brother, and he has he has become completely soaked because he fell into the lake on on the way on the trip on the boats and is completely pumped about it. Um, he does end up getting sorted into Gryffindor, and as uh, he sits down, Colin kind of points out Harry to Dennis Creevy, and Harry is uncomfortable with that. The sorting is over finally, and it's time to eat, and Ron is very happy. But while they're eating, uh, nearly headless Nick mentions that house elves made the food, and so Hermione is very, very bothered and stops eating and, and says that it's slave labor. And she is realizing that that house elves kind of that are, are working at Hogwarts, and she's she's very upset, and Ron and Hermione kind of get into a small argument about it. Dumbledore makes a speech after the feast. And he explains that Quidditch is cancelled. But before he can explain why, the the doors to the, the entrance hall, uh, or the Great Hall, open, and Mad-Eye Moody walks in. And he's very sinister looking, and he's he's got a, a peg leg, and is has one big, scary magic eye, and is pretty unconcerned that everyone is staring at him. And he walks up and, and sits down, and, and, and doesn't care that everyone is is wondering who he is. And so Dumbledore takes that opportunity to introduce him. It's Mad-Eye Moody. He is going to be the Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher that year. Um, after his introduction, we get the explanation of the Triwizard Tournament. Fred and George are really excited and want to enter to win for the glory and also the, I think, a thousand galleon prize money. But then they find out about the age restriction, which is uh, you can only enter if you're 17 and they are very upset about it. After the feast, they go up to their dorms, and Ron kind of talks and fantasizes about how cool it would be to, to be in the Triwizard Tournament and asks Harry if he would want to be in it too. And, and Harry kind of agrees that it would be fun, but we also get a short like kind of fantasy sequence where Harry is thinking about how cool it would be to win and get the trophy, and he also imagines um, Cho Chang being impressed with him. And that's the end of this chapter. Okay, I gotta take a, a running leap up to this one because I've been sitting on it ever since you said it about I halfway can't, through. I can't wait. Yep. All right, are you ready? Yep. Quidditch is canceled, sis, and that's the T. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Can you take that one back to the workshop, please? <laughs> well, I was about—I was gonna say Quidditch's pussy is canceled, sis. I wanted to get the full thing in there, but like that's a little difficult to, to that doesn't roll off so the this has already been workshopped is what you're saying to me <laughs> i was all through your all ever since you said quidditch is canceled i had a flash of inspiration and while you were talking i was like how oh, how am i going to deliver this uh and, and the answer was i needed to take a running leap and just yeah, go sure. for it yeah yeah i'm into it I'll, I'll i'll take that quidditch is canceled and that's the tea uh <laughs> i really really like this chapter a lot. Yeah, me too. Like I, way I, more than I thought I was going to. I think I'm settling into to this new uh, style. I guess. Yeah. Let's say. Yeah. Uh, well, I think this is a this is a scene that benefits from the more uh, like in depth novel writing style because this is like like the sorting in the first book mm -hmm. uh, is also like a chapter, but it's a much shorter chapter, and it is 
Um, it involves a lot of other stuff. I, I, I believe it also in, includes like the, 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 so the, or maybe not, but the, like the, the, the journey up to the castle and like, like, and, and a lot of it is like Harry just like noticing things and, and like physical descriptions of what's there. And this is a lot more of like, uh, them talking about like the context of the sorting and like getting some little world building flourishes here and there with the sibling stuff. Um, and it's a lot more normal for them now. Like this is them experiencing this for like not the first time so like we get to see it from a like a more wizened perspective it's it's really cool yeah i really enjoyed this whole sequence to me that just was a they've grown up kind of thing this is like the do-over and it, it points it out uh in the text that this was the first time that harry has has seen the sorting since he was sorted um and i have said that i think that the fourth book on feels different and it feels like a turning point and this is the strongest signal to me that it's like this is kind of you know they they've grown up they are in this world now and things are going to change like this is kind of a a a redo of the of the introduction to hogwarts yeah a more familiar uh intro like reintroduction i guess yeah um, with all of the knowledge that they have from the previous books i yeah i really enjoy that stuff um i also like this is one of my favorite peeves appearances uh that i remember from the series i couldn't tell you why i just think it's funny that he has water balloons like that's just such a dumb uh like thing i guess that he's pissed off that he can't he he couldn't join the feast so he he's just like dumping water on on already soaking <laughs> wet kids like it's it's pretty it's just goofy like it's a fun comedy scene like yeah i like the peeve stuff a lot i am wondering i i have a bunch of question marks written in my book because there's this kind of weird physical comedy part in it where mcgonagall shows up uh to see that peeves is is making mayhem but the ground is slippery from the water balloons and it says that she's it says she skidded on the wet floor and grabbed Hermione around the neck to stop yeah. herself from falling. And it says, yeah. ouch, sorry, Miss Granger. That's all right, Professor. Hermione gasped, massaging her throat. It's so weird. Yeah, what the hell? Like, like okay, when, when I read the description, like, grabbed her by the neck or whatever, I was more imagining her, like, like accidentally clotheslining her with her elbow or whatever, like, to stay upright. I wasn't expecting like like from the way that Hermione reacts, it sounds like like McGonagall fell forward with her hands out like a Frankenstein and like throttled her on accident <laughs> or something, which is really weird. I de I definitely have some question marks in my book because overall I really liked that scene, but I cannot I, I can't yeah. imagine. I am okay. This is the thing: is I do imagine I have a picture in my head of what that looks like, and it's literally in a flash animation and on like Newgrounds. Like that is the <laughs> that is the only that is the only way I can make this work in my head. Yeah, I like I like the imagery. I like Peeves kind of um, getting McGonagall to like to slip and kind of like drop her her like very collected persona right mm -hmm. um but the but the specific detail of her like grabbing hermione to stay upright i'm very 
confused so, how tall is hermione why, why did she accidentally strangle hermione like i i could see <laughs> i could see like her sliding in i guess like already this is a very comical slide for sliding on water like what kind of shoes is mcgonagall wearing here is she wearing <laughs> bowling shoes um so she like slides over and i could see like hermione like bracing and maybe she grabs her arm or something because i feel like when you're falling over and someone is near yeah yeah, like that's where you grab someone how do you put your hand or your hand or your arm around like is this a is this did she put her in a headlock (laughs) (laughs) i don't understand what's happening here yeah that is kind of weird um the Triwizard Tournament. Speaking of things that are kind of weird, the Triwizard Tournament. I uh, love the absurdity of the Triwizard Tournament. Yeah, it's, it's so stupid. It's so fucking dumb. Uh, in 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 a way that Quidditch never nails. I think. What I think Quidditch is supposed to, but like we get so into like the rules and stuff that like the Triwizard Tournament is way more absurd on its face because like they're talking about how people die all the time in it um uh and and everyone is excited about it but also like only one person from a school gets to like another school is coming and i guess they just uh uh get to take a year off i guess to go participate in the sports like this whole thing i think i feel like they go to classes at hog it's like they're exchange students but maybe i'm just Uh, they're going to like remedial classes or something i don't know I, i don't remember honestly um but yeah it's so absurd that everyone is thrilled about this thing that as far as i know has three events over the course of a year (laughs) yeah uh and only one person gets to do but they're very thrilled about this yeah also like the the competition is like pretty random like it makes it sound like they're different competitions every time so they just are like magical tasks that nobody knows what they are and they're probably pretty meaningless and reading this in retrospect when we do know what the tasks are they are absurd yeah yeah it's not really much of a sport it's like a it's like a reality show it's like hello it really is a reality show welcome to another year at hogwarts uh, we are hosting American Ninja <laughs> Warrior this year. <laughs> you will have to, you will have to brave the the monkey bars, and and you'll have to jump across the pit, and you'll have to walk across the rolling log and not fall over. Like, like it is, it is a hundred percent fucking wipeout or whatever that show is, right? But with yes. the dragon, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I love it. Yeah, the wizards are excited. Finally, another season of Triwizard Tournament. Yeah, it's, it's been, been so an, long. It's been what 160 years or something because too many people died. Yeah, <laughs> too many people got got dunked into the slime tank. Uh, too many. <laughs> you know what this <laughs> fucking is? It's it's if um it's if the the fucking the kids on that Nickelodeon show couldn't make the Jade Monkey in time and just got shot. Like, <laughs> like just just died. Like, oh, oh you yeah. couldn't you you couldn't build the monkey. Oh well, the Olmec head just shoots a fucking arrow out of its mouth and and you die. Uh, which is exciting. I'm all for it. That's just wizard stuff. Um, yeah, I, I love that that this absurdity is in this book that has become so serious. Some yes. I don't know why that works for me, but it really does. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a nice change of tone from the like Ku Klux Klan march that was happening a couple chapters ago. You know, like, like it's a nice change of pace, I guess. Um, and it's 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 also nice. Uh, I as little interiority as Harry has so far in this book. Um, there are a few little touches in this chapter that I really like. Like when, um, when Dennis Creevy is walking by and he's talking about how, like, I fell in the lake. Uh, there's that, there's that line, uh, in the narration about how he was saying it with the, with the air of someone who thought that there'd be nothing more exciting in the world than falling out of a boat and being pushed out, pushed back <laughs> up by a monster. Yep. Um, that's a really fun glib observation from harry who if he had been in that position first year he absolutely would have thought that was the wildest shit in the world um just a, yeah. like a, a few little things like that uh, that are, are pretty cute yeah I, and i also like his his fantasy of of winning the cup i still think that the cho chang stuff is clumsy at times um it's clumsy a lot of the time yeah uh, this i think this is the be- this is the most earnest and relatable it's been um like just him having a having a crush on this girl and he like there's the line you know he for a moment he he wanted nothing more than to join the ravenclaw table and like his little dream where she's cheering him on like those are cute i i I, like those i like those too i do want to pose a question about the um uh him wanting to go sit at the ravenclaw table and how that gets set up is that someone uh, in the sorting gets sorted into Ravenclaw and goes over and is sitting near Cho Chang and, and Harry thinks to himself, well, I, like for a moment, uh, he wishes he was sitting over there. God, I um, wish that were me. It was- yeah, it's the God, I wish that were me moment that Harry has. Um, did you relate that back to the Vila? Because I, I guess I, I mean, I mean, like his powerlessness in that, right? Because yeah. presumably, presumably, he cares about the house he's in. Obviously, I understand it's it's that like I know what the the feeling it's trying to evoke is, and I think that I like it in the vacuum. But I have a heart. It, it reminds me a little bit of the Harry yeah, wanting to jump I out of the stands. Of that. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. The yeah, hmm. Yeah, because because I, I was just viewing it as the scene where I was like, oh, that's that's really cute. Like he has a crush on her, and like like that's a that's a a nice descriptive way to get that across. But also, you're right. We have, we are now two for two on on female characters existing to make him lose his fucking mind or whatever. Yeah, and I I understand that there is a side of this where like a lot of the time having a crush feels powerless, and I do like that aspect of it, especially like for a kid having their yeah. first crush, it can feel like overwhelming. Um, but I'm getting a little bit nervous about the idea that it's like giving up something you care about for your crush, or that's like. Like part of it, especially in the future when I think Cho Chang is going to be looked at in a pretty unflattering light. Um, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But but I I don't know I don't I don't think that I would have thought even twice about it if we hadn't gotten the the Vila, the Vila siren stuff. Yeah. stuff. I forgot about that before stuff. Yeah. this. Yeah, so, well, not a criticism, fact, just an observation. Well, no, no, it's it's a good observation because also like don't let's not forget that the way that that Vila stuff resolves is. Arthur Weasley very ham-fistedly 
ending the chapter by or, or ending that like whole segment by saying like and that's why you don't go for looks alone boys like just saying <laughs> the, the moral or whatever and yeah all, i guess all we know about cho chang really is that she, she she's pretty and she she's plays pretty. quidditch yeah so that's not not great um i, I do like it in this scene though mm-hmm. um, yeah me too um I think the most important thing here uh, in this scene is the slavery subplot that is now being introduced. And for what it's worth, I actually like the way it's introduced here for the most part. Um, it's more the part where I know where it's going uh, that, that I, I am I am un, not thrilled with. Yeah, I'm not. I don't love this change from Ron. And That's I think the that, main thing, yeah. I think that there is a reading of this that is not as bad, which is that Ron is not ready to overlook his preconceived notions, right? He has been raised by parents that fought in the Wizarding War previously that were, um, you know, that fought for muggle-borns to have a place in the wizarding world and for muggles to to not be killed presumably i guess we don't really know much about the wizarding war and it's like ron has has inherited those those beliefs i guess however he is not but i mean like house elves i think are so so much overlooked in this society that he he is not questioning it right like this Mm -hmm. is just uh, but I still, I still don't think I like it. <laughs> well, it's 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 weird because I in a similar to the the, the Cho Chang scene, honestly, in a vacuum in this chapter, I like this back and forth between Ron and Hermione. Sure. Um, in that Hermione is is shocked when she realizes how the food she consumed is, is produced. Uh huh. Um, and Ron, rightfully so. <laughs> right, yes, right, completely rightfully so. Um, Ron, also correctly, but kind of indirectly, like like he he is self-servedly stumbling into a correct point where he is saying, starving yourself is not going to give uh house elves pensions, right? Sure. Like he is being very selfish and and well not even selfish. He is he is doing the thing that everyone does where he he has justified this to himself and it just isn't thinking about it like well i've got to eat my i got to eat food uh and this is just how it is so shrug you know like sure like he he is presenting a realistic and not entirely incorrect like point of view like counterpoint to hermione is like yes we, we are stuck in this School, you're not going to find food that is not produced by house elves. The problem I have with it is it's like Ron feels like he's developing backwards as a character. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't mean that like he's getting he's becoming a worse person because that's not bad character writing. People can definitely change their morals and 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 you know become you know from whatever perspective worse people it's more that like ron started this series by sacrificing his life or thinking he was sacrificing his life for what he thought was right uh 
book two, he was so incensed that Malfoy would call his friend a slur that he like threatened him with physical violence. And the only <laughs> thing that stopped him from doing it was uh, the fact that his wand was broken. Uh, book three, he kind of wasn't there. <laughs> he, well, he was there yeah. a little bit. Um, but he didn't really, you know, he, he also like in a state of, you know, physical disability, like his legs fucking busted. Uh, he, he, again, uh, uh, like at least said, even though like maybe doing it would have been difficult given his, you know, predicament, but like he was ready to say, you know, sacrifice himself for his friends. Um, because that's what he thought was happening here. Uh, he, like where his sense of justice has like disappeared i guess like he he's not thinking about it at all he's just like well i gotta have my food and is completely cool with it and like doesn't really have a a care for social issues anymore he's also just i i think being written a little bit more i don't i don't even know how to describe it other than like dot like dumb guy i don't know um i feel like something weird happened and this is my developing theory which is that um in books one through three they were written like all all of the kids were written as like typical children's book children that act kind of like adults right uh, yes or whatever we've we said multiple times in the first couple books that like Oh, I forgot that Harry was twelve or whatever. Right, and you know? it's like, yeah, and that's fine because that's like I, I don't know, like the the level of seriousness of the story and them still being children's book, and that's like a, in a long tradition of kids being written that way as mm-hmm. a, and as being like very wise and having a strong sense of justice and honestly kind of feeding into like the kids as pure and good. Mm-hmm. I, I I guess way way of writing children. Um, that doesn't read is very accurate. Um, and now there is this decision being made where it's like, okay, now we're writing teens. Um, so it does feel like they've gone backwards. Yeah. Instead yeah. of really developing. Right. It's, yeah. It's, it's weird. And it makes this me is- not like Ron. Like I, I knew it was going to happen. Right. Everyone. I mean, not, I'm not saying everyone hates Ron, but like Ron gets a little bit of a bad rap and is like, oh, he gets annoying and he gets frustrating, but it's like realistic because he's a teen and, and and I knew that was going to happen, but I wasn't, I wasn't ready for it to feel like his character went backwards. Yeah. Yeah. He's, re- he's regressed as like the type of character he is. And like I said, like I, I think the foil he provides for Hermione in this scene is good. But I, like, do you think that these lines would have been better served coming from Harry, who like doesn't have the context? Yeah, Harry has no no context. Um, house elves are new to him, and I'm really bothered that he was standing up for Dobby to, to Winky at the Quidditch World Cup. But then when it comes time that they like Hermione and Ron are arguing about it. He just doesn't care anymore. He doesn't have anything to say at all. Um, yeah, it's weird. Like, like I could see Ron's argument being made by Harry quite easily because he doesn't have that context, you know, and also he's new to the wizarding world completely and he's not very inquisitive about it. And so just being told like, Oh, 
but they like slavery or whatever seems like something that he could you know innocently might not be the right word but like he could say that um and be forgiven for being for not really like taking into account like you know the historical context of of that i guess yeah yeah i I think that like no matter what we just can't escape that that like i mean maybe this is like dismissive of the characters but it's just like this is the part where jk rowling wrote a a species of people that like to be slaves like i I just run i just run up against this that it's like what can i it's like what can i say about this conflict between these characters when the problem isn't really the characters and how they're reacting to it but this absolutely abhorrent premise that 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 there are (sighs) creatures that like to be slaves like why is that in here it's so weird too because it it gets like 90 percent of the way there right like as like in terms of like how to present a story about like an indentured class you know like yeah like it, it one it is inescapable like you can't not exploit their labor if you are like a normal person in in this society that's true that's something that we, you know people in america we can all relate to that right like like there's no yeah at some point you are going to engage with something you are going to consume something that is the product of exploitation that is the history of this country that is the history of most nations uh that is how things work um and and have worked for a long time and it sucks and i can understand ron's perspective of like well that's just how it is you know so like i i I understand writing that argument in from the flip side uh hermione is also completely correct hermione recognizes that it is slave labor she is calling it what it is how she sees it um and wants to do something about it and that is cool and inspiring in a way. And like, I'm glad that she gets something important to do in this book, except for the part where I remember that all of a sudden, like, like we have all the, all the pins are here, right? Uh, rolling up to the, 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 <laughs> the, the lane with your big bowling ball. I'm like, I'm going to fucking, this is a strike. Like I, I've got this, like, this is going to be a great story about, you know, activism and, and, and the history of exploitation uh, and i've made a great little metaphor with my elves balls rolling down down the thing suddenly <laughs> uh-oh uh, actually the problem is that hermione uh, is 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 ignorant and doesn't know what the people actually need because actually they love to be slaves and they don't want to be paid fairly and i guess and it's and what is so fucking frustrating about this is that <laughs> Again, 99% of the way there, because that is a real argument I could see someone in the wizarding world making, right? Like, oh, you know, they just they just love it. Not thinking about the why, you know, like, I, I oh. Mean, like, it's a realistic argument because that's an argument that that is used yeah. in our real world to justify yeah. slavery. However... J.K. Rowling made it canonically correct. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's the like, part where it's fucking psycho. Like it's nuts. Yeah, you, you, to 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 look at all of the pieces of real world problems here to make to make this story and to, and 
to have your like little magical twist on this be and they really do love it is just bonkers yeah um i really liked that whole bowling metaphor but i i literally couldn't stop thinking and that's why mcgonagall was wearing bowling shoes (laughs) (laughs) she's oh she's i've I've got to go to the bowling alley i've got a metaphor to fuck up Yeah, so we are we're really on the tip of the iceberg with this stuff, huh? Yeah. Um when we get to the actual spew chapter, we have a Pottermore article to read about this that is even more disgusting. Um but uh yes. <laughs> for Somehow. now for now what I will say is is for what it's worth, this chapter, I think for me at least, contains the like <laughs> the like set dressing of the 90% of the the house elf idea that is interesting um and and i i hate it mostly because uh of what i know is coming rather than what is presented here which i think is actually like a interesting character moment for hermione yeah i well we ha- we have a lot of good stuff to look forward to with uh with all this and by good stuff i mean bad stuff um just abhorrent shit oh oh yeah i do want to touch on something that we missed in this chapter which is we didn't really talk about mad eye moody i know we said we liked him uh i think that the movies sure do a disservice to him a little bit i forgot how much i liked him in these this uh this book obviously we'll have more moody stuff in the next chapter since the next chapter is called mad eye moody but i did like his introduction here i his I, intro is is very cool both both like it is it is moody you know it, there's it definitely has a tone to it that's cool but also it's just a little bit funny like everyone is so in awe of this like ugly wooden doll man um and and his sausage knife <laughs> it's a very vivid image like i would say in the same way that like the water balloon kind of uh, like moment to moment comedy is this is kind of yeah. the same way like you get the entire description of him walking up past all of the the tables um and like literally the like the lightning strike <laughs> as he's walking and it it reads like a movie to me yeah, like I, I can see see it in my head. I like I like the description of him looking like he was chiseled by someone who didn't have a great idea of what a face looked like. Um, it's a very vivid description. Yeah, so I think I'm I'm I guess now that we've talked about Mad Eye Moody, should I go into our next chapter? Yeah, what's our next chapter called? Our next chapter is called Mad Eye Moody. And oh. It's chapter 13, so I will uh, jump right in. It's the next day, so we see the kids and they're discussing their classes over breakfast the next morning. Hermione kind of gloats that she's not taking divination, uh, but she is eating again, and Ron kind of needles her about it. Um, and says, like, oh, I see you're excited to start eating again, so that's fun. Uh, Harry is upset during breakfast when all of the owls come. Uh, to deliver mail and he sees that there's no mail from Sirius and he's starting to get more and more worried that that Sirius has been captured or something but it's time for class the first class we see is herbology and they squeeze boobo tuber pus out of boobo tubers and I have a my strong Jim Dale memory of hearing the word booba tuber um, see my my Jim Dale memory <laughs> is pus finnegan pus <laughs> We'll have to find that. I have the CDs here. Um, 
then it's care of magical creatures and we are first introduced to the blast-ended scroots and they're horrible and ugly and they explode and Malfoy is in care of magical creatures with them. I think they have it with the Slytherins um, and he insults Hagrid and and the scroots at lunch hermione eats really fast and ron makes fun of her again and says that she but she says she has something in the library to do but it's not homework so something something mysterious is going on with hermione uh the next class we see is divination harry does fall asleep during this class um and when her and trelawney kind of wakes him up and says what you dread will come to pass and he's worried about Sirius again after class, Draco, Goyle, and Crab are are waiting, and they they have a newspaper. And Ron's dad is in the newspaper in a in an article that Rita Skeeter wrote, and it's um, about Ministry of Responsibility regarding Moody getting off. Draco insults Ron's mom, and Ron wants to physically fight him, but they kind of defuse the situation. But Harry turns his back to Malfoy, and Malfoy tries to shoot a curse at him, but misses. As Harry turns around, Moody is so angry and running up and he has turned Draco into a ferret and bounces him up off the ground. And he's mad that it was dark magic and also mad like you never attack your opponent when his back is turned because he's not honorable or whatever. McGonagall shows up and freaks out that Moody transfigured Draco and says, we don't use transfiguration as punishment. Like go to his head of house. Draco has transformed back into himself um, and is very upset, but Moody is not intimidated by Draco's, you know, threats to tell his, his dad or whatever. Ron is pretty euphoric after seeing Draco get turned into a ferret and um, Hermione is rushing through her meal again uh, to go do the mysterious thing in the library. Um, and we get some of the other students talking about how cool Mad-Eye is and, Harry and Ron are disappointed that they don't have class with him until the end of the week. And that's the end of the chapter. Another good one. Yeah. I, I, both of these chapters, I think, are, are quite good for the most part. Um, where do yeah, where, where do you want to start on this one? Because it's kind of a disjointed one, I would say. Like, this is yeah. a, a shorter collection of a lot of scenes. Yeah, because um, we kind of get the catch up. Like, we're back in school. So we get, like, the, the like, catching up with classes stuff. Um I kind of, I'm not saying I didn't like it, but the whole um, uh, herbology class with like the pimple popping jokes made me roll my eyes a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, well, it's one of those things where it's like, it's a funny scene. I'm not sure what it's for. They're teens now. They're teens. And it's so there's like this long kind of grotesque description of these these plants that they squeeze pus out of that are obviously pimples. And it's like, it's funny to me because I was kind of on board because I was like, haha, that's just like a cute little joke about them being teens. Um, But I feel like JK Rowling thought she was so clever and then left this explanation at the end of the scene where um, Professor Uh Sprout says, should stop students resorting to desperate measures to rid themselves of pimples. And then Hannah Abbott says, like, poor Eloise Midgen, she tried to curse her pimples off. Um, I feel like it was very, like, the scene was very obvious. Uh And I didn't really need it explained (laughs) to me. I know this is a kid's book, but at the same time, I guess in the same way that it is feeling more adult, I feel like some of that stuff could be left out. 
Do you think J.K. Rowling likes those really gross pimple popping videos on YouTube? Uh, I think it could go either way. Yeah, like, like maybe. Like, like she she hates them. She like won't let won't 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 click on them more. She's like, oh, that's so disgusting and funny. Yeah. <laughs> I, so so yeah, I I did. This is it's like this maybe the smallest nitpick in the world other than it's just, just like, it, i was no, just like a little I, bit eye rolled about that it's it's weird that it has a bookend i think because it's 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 in this like collection of like class scenes and it is cute and then we get the joke explained a little bit it's it's a little strange um but i did i do like the the plants they are quite funny and the uh like like i was saying in the description the jim dale memories are very strong in this reading for me yes i i I didn't mention it um but the sorting hat song in the previous chapter is maybe my strongest jim dale sense memory yet (laughs) i i did i so you mentioned that to me and i did not have it until i hit the line they shared a wish a hope a dream uh (laughs) which i cannot hear in any voice besides Jim Dale, um, uh, th- that was quite quite vivid for me. Yeah, um, those are really good. Jim Dale, I'm gonna say national treasure. He did a really good job with the audiobooks. Yeah, the um, audiobooks are really really quite good. I'm definitely on. I, I know this is like <laughs> so maybe even niche among Harry Potter fandom. But the like Jim Dale versus Stephen Fry audiobook oh, debate. One hundred percent on. I'm Jim Dale. Jim Dale. T- yeah. Team Team Jim over here. We are we are we are Dale stands over here. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. That's our shrieking shack position. One hundred percent. Blast ended scroots are gross, um, and I kind of love them. Yeah. Um. This is another thing that made me roll my eyes a little bit. Because I don't know why Hagrid is so stupid. Um, Draco, <laughs> Draco, Draco comes at Hagrid with maybe the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life, which is like the scroots are like these stupid little animals and they explode and they look like gross showless lobsters or whatever. And Draco comes up and is just like, what are they for? I don't know why that stumped Hagrid so much. Like, what <laughs> yeah. the fuck do you mean? What are they for? Yeah, it's a, this it's is a living being. Creatures, you yeah. idiot. It's a living being. It doesn't have to be for anything uh yeah that was that was a little funny um i liked them kind of poking fun at hagrid with the 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 dragon pet line thing yeah Um, but then but then i didn't like that hermione when they left was like i kind of agree with draco yeah that does suck yeah like like damn hermione like like aren't you like aren't you like just getting woke like like why would you it's just a bug leave it alone it just doesn't make any sense i don't like you go to fucking marine biology class and it's like here we're gonna raise sea cucumbers and then it's like some jackass is like but what are they for (laughs) why what why is that such a stumper like yeah this is this is going in my catalog about uh jk rowling being weird about animals yeah, what? Well, yeah, what? What purpose do you serve? Like, who? I don't know. Who fucking knows? What? Like, like the easiest question, the easiest response to this would have been someone just saying, like, "What are you for, Malfoy? Like, <laughs> what purpose do you serve? You it's old just, fuckhead." It's like, I don't know. Like, I don't to teach you about the fucking animal in your animal class, dipshit. <laughs> I, I don't. This is like him 
asking that question in this class is like the kind of like, you know, when people like you, you take a shower and you like imagine imaginary arguments and it's like oh, the, people, God, yes. and the people in your head uh-huh. like set you up for like the biggest own yeah. ever. Uh-huh. And Draco, like this is Draco being set up for that, except there's no. Hagrid, yeah, Hagrid can't, can't finish the can't finish the sentence and Hagrid, just needs to wor- uh, Hagrid needs to work on his fantasy arguments in the shower i think <laughs> yeah Hagrid, log on to that reddit where people post all those stories about things that definitely did not happen Hagrid, read some woke toddler stories on tumblr yeah like this should have been the easiest slam dunk in the world and and he fucked it up um but I do like that, like, just the the absurdity of the screw. It's like, I just kind of imagine them as giant earwigs that explode um, or whatever, like big silverfish. And they're just very ugly and gross and funny. Yeah, I really liked the line. I think it was Dean Thomas that said, it's he like goes like, ow. And Harry's like, what's wrong? He says, it's end exploded. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very I, funny scene. I like the, re- the repetition of uh, Lavender Brown saying erg. Like, like yes. ju- in that same way each time, like it's erg, like, like <laughs> at least three times, I think pops up and this is, it's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. So the, the, the Hermione <laughs> is eating against scene. Um, I, I hate Ron now. Ron, Ron is the, can't help but notice you're, you're typing about, uh, unionizing on an iPhone guy like he literally says like oh what are you doing now trying to make yourself puke like Mm -hmm. fuck off i i don't i don't know why he's like this now (laughs) he's being a real fucking dick um and again providing an angle in the story that i think is good but why is it ron being like this i don't understand why he's behaving like this and not like Malfoy, maybe, or he's just coming off like a bully to me. Yeah, and I don't, and I, and I don't even disagree with him providing this foil and 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 having this conflict with Hermione. But I just don't know why he's bullying her. Yeah, you know what is interesting? Um, I remembered reading this chapter that this book was supposed to feature a female foil for Hermione. Oh. And she got written out uh, before the book came out. And I wonder if she was meant to be this character. Almost. That would make a lot of sense. Um, There was a character who was supposed to be like, I think the word from JK, if I remember the article, right? Because she 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 talked about this in an interview. She was saying how like there was a, a, a foil for Hermione who was like a first year who like was everything Hermione wasn't or something like that. Like a first year Uh, Slytherin, right? I think so. I want to say a first year Slytherin, but like that, or maybe, yeah. Or maybe even she, she'd be like a Gryffindor who was like hanging on to them and like hanging onto the friend group and like pestering them or something. Like, I feel like that's, I feel like Ron is stepping up to the plate to deliver lines that another character had initially. Yeah, because I definitely don't want it to sound like I don't like a character to be a jackass, because I definitely do. I just, I don't know why Ron's voice has changed so much. So that would make a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah, I do really wonder now, like, how involved that character that that is gone because that would make a lot more sense like the the the, specifically the the line like 
are you trying to make yourself puke? Like, that's a pretty loaded line for a teen boy to tell a teen girl. Yeah, and, like, I, I'm i kind of getting in my own head about this because when I read those lines, um, I, I'm trying to figure out if this is an attempt at real, like, realism. Like, teen boys are jerks, and, like, Ron is a jerk because he is experiencing pressure from his siblings in a way that he hasn't before. Fred and George are kind of jerks in this book, too. So I'm, like, trying to... I can't tell if I'm reading too much into it or not enough. Um, mm-hmm. He also uh, gets the line in this chapter, literally on the next page in Divination, um, uh, where he says, he's mocking Professor Trelawney and says to Harry, when two Neptunes appear in the sky, it is a sure sign that a midget in glasses is being born, Harry. It comes out of nowhere. I'm just like, what (laughs) yeah that that is another weird one i that line specifically i was rereading so i was like is he talking about harry is he calling him short is is he being rude like what i I guess i like file this away into the great height debate um yeah that was a weird one um and harry has no reaction to that at all no i mean i think it's like I, i think this is like an attempt at like older boys goofing off right um and and we it's a but it it's a doesn't one to- have that <laughs> yeah it doesn't have the like like people like ironically mocking each other that's definitely a thing friends do um but i feel like it has a different air than like he's not busting harry's balls here or anything he's just kind of like being a dick i don't know this is a this is a one-two punch because we get that line and it immediately goes into um, the Uranus line that everyone oh. on the subreddit loves. I'm, oh, I'm very yeah. excited to talk about this. It is the line where um, uh, Lavender Brown calls Professor Trelawney over to talk about her uh, astrological chart and where Uranus is on the chart. And Ron says, uh, can I have a look at Uranus to Lavender? This- Ron's really acting out. This line is posted on the subreddit once a week. <laughs> I just sure I just is. want don't want to put that one out there all all the fucking time and it's always like can't believe this got through. Can't believe they let her put this in the book. Some dirty humor. <laughs> they do you think they were going to tell her no at this point? She can't like, be told no. No. If if this book had been written uh or if azkaban had been written at like this level of harry potter fever we would have just heard the entire japanese golfer joke oh, at the beginning yeah. of three you know like like no- nothing is getting in 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 jk's way here yeah ron ron is fucking being weird he does get one good scene um i do like his reaction to the we'll get to it but like his reaction to the malfoy stuff is funny um and that's like that falls more in line to like the the ron i remember and think about mm-hmm. um but uh but yeah here he is a prick uh and just kind of a bully um and i don't i don't really get why i i, I my my working theory i have zero evidence for this but i think that he was given a cut character's lines yeah no i i think that that is true and i honestly wouldn't be bothered by this if i thought it was ever going to be remarked upon or Mm -hmm. matter in any way other than that he's just going to be like this for the rest of the books yeah if like the next chapter was harry and hermione going like hey dude what the fuck is going on (laughs) you know yeah um 
What's your fucking problem? Uh, overall, I gotta say, uh, uh, Trelawney report. I kind of yeah. like the divination scene. Otherwise, um, I I like that it, it it like leans into all this stuff about how like oh she's she's an old she's an old fraud uh, and 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 theatrical and just makes stuff up. And then he does still go like well, but except I don't know. So like, I have like, been dreading something. Yeah, and so I, I like that coming back. Um, I, I don't mind that. One line that didn't did bother me a little bit was um, Harry's summary of divination before we go to class. That is an exposition uh, like line, and he says something something like, "She's always predicting my death, and that's really annoying." Um, it felt really <laughs> dismissive of his entire character conflict in the previous book in a way that yeah. really bothered me. Yeah. It's like, yeah, boy, yeah. that was annoying. Yeah, boy. Yeah, he, also, he does keep almost dying. He does have to accept that. Like, yeah. I think one could be forgiven for thinking Harry might die given uh, that he has been in mortal peril multiple times in every book, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but then I guess the, the piece de resistance of this chapter is this whole moody thing. I love how sinister he is. It's so cool. It's so good. Do you get the feeling that, um, transfiguration is like an old form of corporal punishment? That, the line where, cause otherwise that line is bonkers, right? The like, the we don't use transfiguration. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, th- if that's not the implication there, then it's the weirdest line in the world. But I think yeah. that is, I, I think I think that it, is the implication. I think it's like the slap on the wrist uh, kind of thing. Because um, especially because, like, Moody is, like, a very old world guy. Like, like that. that's... Or, this is going to get really confusing because, of course, this isn't Moody, right? Um, yes. This is, this is Barty Crouch Jr., um and but uh spoiler alert i guess but like yeah that that definitely makes this confusing but like as far as like him portraying the character of moody it is very well done and like you were saying in the in in your summary this is i think my first major break from the movies and the casting decisions um yeah because I think up until this point, I have loved pretty much every casting choice the movie's made. Uh-huh. Uh, the thing that I find irritating about the movie version of Moody, and I'm, forgive me, I forgot the actor's name. He is a great actor. It's This is not like, it's not like I think they picked a bad actor to portray him. I just think I take issue with the style of character they went for because they they portray him as this sort of like, old cranky washed up guy who's like out of shape and uh a little bit out there Mm -hmm. and that's not how i view moody at all moody here feels very sharp like too sharp you know like like he is still on top of his game or whatever and is very serious and not washed up at all like he behaves now the same way he did when there literally were you know nazi wizards around every corner Mm -hmm. um and that is a lot more interesting to me than the sort of jolly but 
cranky guy because in in the the thing i i was dreading the scene because i remember how much i hate the movie version where he's like laughing about it like like bouncing a mouthfly up and down or whatever yeah they really go for a lot of physical comedy in this scene if i remember correctly i think they put the ferret down goyle's pants yeah they sure do in the scene Um, i don't know why um and i and i think that that's really my problem and obviously we'll get to it because we'll have to watch this damn movie um but to take this moment where I feel like in the book it comes across as like a bad thing that Moody did. He's like a sinister guy, except the kids like it because he's on their side in this instance, right? right. Yes. And it's like, mm-hmm. but no, this is a bad this is a bad thing that he's doing. And I don't think that it's framed as just like, oh, he's like a benevolent old, like almost grandfatherly sort of figure that the movies I think did. He's like a sort of barely sober crank in the movie from what i remember yeah um but but here he is uh and they like put a lot of emphasis in the movie about him like being like out of shape too from what i remember and like that's not the idea like like you know the description that keeps on coming up is chiseled right like i just picture like a, a like leathery older guy who never stopped trying to be in his prime right like uh huh he's he's a lot scarier uh in the book um, again, confusing because it's not really Moody. So talking about the character of Moody is a little difficult. But like, I, I, I guess, I guess it's easier to just say Moody and and talk about what we think of Moody because this is a character impersonating Moody and doing an, a good enough job that it's fooling everyone, right? So might as well. Yeah, be Moody, I, I think that I there guess. there is like a very weird thing that happens later and i'm curious to see how the books deal with it where it's like yeah this isn't moody but we kind of act like it was um the character (laughs) doesn't change and it's like well he did such a good job that it might as well have been like we already we we know who he is um but i'm curious to see if that's that's different in the books than my perception of it because he's david Tennant, actually (laughs) woo wee he sure is um yeah so I, yeah, I I thought this scene was really something, and and I the the cherry on top, of course, is the the very uh funny like macho guy talk at the end of the chapter where like is it Dean and Seamus are talking about how like oh he really knows man like he, he knows, really what, it's knows like. what it's like yeah yeah he's that not stuff a phony. Is- yeah, that stuff was very good. Um, I like that a lot. Uh, he tells it like it is, you know, like, 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 like but yeah, that, that, that stuff was very cool. Um, and very well handled and is spooky and, 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 and cool in a way that I, I like, this is just another, I guess, thing where the movie version supplanted my memories because I just remember how the goofy slapstick version of this, where he's like giggling, going like, woohoo, wee, and like moving the ferret around and putting it down his pants and the music's all whimsical, you know, like, yeah like i don't think this is supposed to be a triumphant moment for us the reader i i buy into ron's triumphant moment and even harry being happy that this happened but i think it's it's like a little bit scary yes totally which i like yeah um anything else for this chapter i think yeah actually i have like a couple goofy things uh that i just i just want to run past you that's my uh, favorite though because they're like kind of goofy i guess like I would call them world-building question marks. Okay. In the Rita Skeeter article, I always want to say Rita Skeeter. 
Me that's too. Just, it's easy. It's a lot easier to say. Um, well, Rita's... it's it's the accent thing, right? Because yes. <laughs> in, in a British accent, it would be Rita Skeeta, but you, yeah. you can't in an, an American cannot. accent. It doesn't work. Yeah. No, it extremely doesn't work. I say it, and it sounds horrible. Um. So, uh, in the article that she writes. It starts off, Arnold Weasley, who was charged with possession of a flying car two years ago, was yesterday involved in a tussle with several several muggle law keepers, in parentheses, quotes, policemen. I highlighted muggle law keepers because I am wondering if at this point in the story, Aurors were dark wizard hunters and there were separate police officers for wizards that were just called law keepers. I, yeah, we talked about this a little bit last week, but uh, like, I like... Like, or just becomes all-purpose cop eventually in this series, right? Um, as far as I know, yeah. As far as I remember. Uh, but I love the idea of them just being more like the the fucking, like, anti-wizard, like, anti-dark wizard SWAT, basically. Like, right. that's much more interesting. Um, this idea that they're, like, that Moody and, like, his ilk are, like, highly trained extremely effective combatants who now have nothing to do or think they have nothing to do you know and like have to deal with living in peacetime that's so much more interesting than like them just being like yeah we're we're just cops we're just cops yeah so because i feel like i know that rita skeeter is supposed to be like a hack journalist and stuff but it makes it doesn't make sense to me why it would say muggle law keepers parentheses policemen because wouldn't it say wouldn't it say muggle horrors because we get horrors in this book right like this this is a this is a concept that's going to be in here um so i wanted to point that out and somewhat related to that um i wanted to talk about the dark arts because it's the dark it's dark arts month um and i am uh, still confused about what the dark arts are in this book um Mm -hmm specifically in this one i have highlighted in the uh, herbology class um the story about eloise midgen who tried to curse her pimples off uh-huh is that a dark art like is a cr- <laughs> you know is a is a curse like are all curses dark arts i yes that is because it wasn't a jinx it wasn't a hex it wasn't like I, a potion we, we have, it was a curse we have no real delineation between what these things are um because it, so here's the thing if 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 we didn't have imperious i would say that it's pretty clear that like charms are things that affect other people curses mm-hmm. are f- like physical violence right uh sure. and and hexes are uh, question mark hexes i guess are, I guess hexes I are pranks that's what yeah. that's how i think of hexes is it's like because uh, i think that the one that gets referenced as a lot is uh Ginny's bat bogey hex oh sure which is, yeah. is a prank to me right like it's a mean yeah. like physically bad thing to do to someone but it's like a prank right. thing not a you're but, gonna die kind of thing yeah but the problem is uh then the imperious curse is a curse even though it behaves like all the other charms in the series do mm-hmm. um so i'm trying to imagine what curse you could po- like okay if 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 we if we take my stupid theory at face value and say curses are like 
violence you do to other people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what curse could remove pimples? Wouldn't that be a good thing? Like, like you're just like, oh, I'm going to help you out. I'm going to get rid of all your pimples. Um, <laughs> so that doesn't make any sense. Is she trying? Was she trying to uh, Avada Kedavra her pimples off her face specifically? <laughs> um was she trying to imperious curse her pimples off her like i guess we don't really know what the extent of like the cur- like did she did she try and sectum sempra them off no like, how would how would she know about that oh she wouldn't know yeah she, that's <laughs> right, she invented it and only put it in one book so she doesn't yeah, have so that she, spell she doesn't have the sword spell although that would so, make yeah. well well sometimes you know you have to get like a uh like a cyst lanced or something oh, so maybe yeah. so maybe a sword spell is like that's a big sword but maybe there's like a a lance system spell. it's like very very small <laughs> uh-huh yeah uh i think the real answer is jk did not think about it this hard uh, yeah and, and i'm like totally okay with that except for this book is getting very serious <laughs> and so it just comes very serious. off as very weird the, the book is getting very serious and we're getting this is the book where we get um introduced to the concept of unforgivable curses and so curses are a concept that is important to this story so yeah. that word carries more baggage than maybe initially she thought it did in this like goofy one-off scene right yeah the the other thing i'm gonna float as far as like the definition of a curse which doesn't make sense here um and i only say it because the imperious curse i think in the text gets pointed out as inherently evil because it takes someone's free will away which makes me think that maybe curses have to have some sort of evil involved Mm, mm -hmm. um that would make sense i mean no one ever really hears of like a good-natured curse i guess right right and i guess i would say like in a magical world uh where there are souls are canonically there then like it makes sense that the nature of a spell could be inherently evil that's true like I, i could buy that if it comes up at any other point which i don't think it does um so, so I'll just float that. I guess we'll get that info next week because uh, yeah. we'll read the the unforgivable curses. Um, and the final thing that I wanted to talk about that happens in this chapter that is very, uh-huh. very minor um, is kids referring to Defense Against the Dark Arts as the Dark Arts class, like yeah. as shorthand. <laughs> Not Defense <laughs> class, literally the Dark Arts class, uh, which feels um, like a weird thing to say when the Dark Arts are a taboo that people are talking about in like whispered tones as like Dermstrang <laughs> teaches the yeah. Dark Arts. That's kind of like going going to your, uh, I don't know, like if you took Holocaust studies in, in school or whatever, like, yeah, I'm going to the Nazi class. Going to Nazi class like, next. Going to Nazi class. Yeah, that's a little... Uh, it's a little weird. Like I, I, on the one hand, I think it is realistic for them to have shorthand. You know. Yeah, like, I would probably but, call it defense class. Yeah, um, they can't call it Dada because then they'd be like, "Oh, you're gonna go learn about post-war European art." Cool. Do you think Hogwarts has a Dada class? <sighs> it's like would... it's like you accidentally go to Dada class when you meant to go to defense class. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, way it's better. Like, oh, we're we're gonna learn all <laughs> about the 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 toilet sculpture and. <laughs> <laughs> We'll eventually get to some Rothko, which isn't technically Dada, but was, you know the modern art movement was definitely born out of, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I uh, that would be that would be quite funny. Um, yeah, does anyone does anyone at uh, Hogwarts learn about the avant garde 
Uh, I don't uh, think they learn about anything at Hogwarts. Other than other than spells. Other than spells and ghoul studies. Ghoul studies. That's true. Ghoul studies. Ghoul studies is is not a real class. That was a trick. That was a trick, and uh, (laughs) it's it's not a real class. Um, So that's it for me about my weird little minor. Uh, world building no, no, question those, marks that I it, those those are going I think as we go on those are we might have to like build in a little segment uh, for the, the the world building question mark report because it's gonna get weirder as these books get more serious I think yeah yeah where where they really start to want to rely on the lore in a way Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't think that they have been relying on the lore, so I haven't really cared up until this point. But now that we're yeah. starting to, it's getting a little yeah. bit. Uh, I, I'm just kind of I'm writing a lot of question marks in these chapters. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, if that's all you have for our reading, yep. I think it's time for us to take a break because uh, we have some Halloween spooks and scares to to talk about. Sounds good. Hello and welcome back. We're we're this uh, I guess will be our last spooky episode. Yeah, this year anyway. Dark Arts Month this is year. coming to a close. Dark Arts Month 2018 is coming to a close. Um and with with Halloween just around the corner. In fact, I think I want to say I'm checking my calendar here. Oh, this episode will be coming out on the 29th. So, uh you will be almost in the midst of halloween when when listening to this so what better way to celebrate than (laughs) to engage with my favorite part of (laughs) halloween which is shitty licensed costumes oh hell yes um so i get that this is not the this is not an idea i would have thought of generally because obviously uh part of the fun of these costumes is that they are visually very stupid uh and this is of course an audio format but thankfully uh we discovered that halloweencostumes.com which i guess is just like a big database of all this stuff has the most incredible descriptions for all of these things perfect Um, and and I am just going to go through their many, many Harry Potter costumes. And we're going to read some of the most beautiful descriptions uh, that have ever been written of Harry Potter characters. That's great. I'm, I'm going to love this. I, I do, before we start, I feel like I've come full circle. What episode number are we on now? This is 35, yeah, I believe. I just am, I'm having a, a moment of, of, retrospection where i think about the first story i told on this podcast which is about my my college friend that dressed up as slutty hermione for halloween (laughs) and how i got really stressed out about saying slutty on the podcast and now i say whatever i want um yeah we (laughs) i I feel like we've we've grown and and changed and i can't be stopped we we have grown we have matured and we say fucking bitch at least once per episode (laughs) i think so you know Really, really adult stuff here. Um, so yeah, so I will keep an eye out. I believe there is 
a a uh quote unquote slutty Hermione in here somewhere, but I'm gonna start with the deluxe Professor McGonagall adult costume. Huh, interesting. Okay. I will I'm gonna ignore that. Um <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I just said if I you, can say whatever I want on this podcast. You can't. Oh, we're uh, we're fucking unleashed. We're going for it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Knives out. Um, okay. Product description. If you had a time turner like the ones in Harry Potter, what would you do with it? We'd go back in time and make sure we got enrolled in Hogwarts School of Witch Wizardry and Witchcraft. Mm. That's backwards. At an early age, we never learned magic when we were young, so the best we can do is waggle a wand around in the air while chanting silly-sounding words. Unfortunately, nothing happens when we do this. But that would be different if we enrolled in Hogwarts. Wait, how Why, would time travel help you with that? Yeah, time Wait, travel is like magic real. <laughs> See, we're, we're already off to a great fucking start. Um, why? Today we might even be the head of House Gryffindor. Wait, we're going back in time to become Professor McGonagall? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Just making sure I know the premise. We don't have access to a time turner. Mm-mm. But through the power of costume, there is a way for you to become the head of the House Gryffindor. Uh, this deluxe Professor McGonagall costume helps you transform into the Harry Potter costume without the use of any magic. That means you don't need to learn a single spell or turn back time to become a witch. You might not be able to summon a Patronus while wearing it, but you'll look authentic enough to fool any wizard. Who wrote this? So this is the thing with HalloweenCostumes.com. Um, their descriptions are the best thing in the world. And they are all like three or four paragraphs long. And not only that, uh, they write unique ones for each version of the costume. So, like, we were, I had discovered this site a while back, and we were looking at, like, the Mario stuff. And there were, like, 15 different Bowsers, and all of them had their own description about, like, like completely bespoke four paragraph story about um kidnapping princesses and, and stuff like it was really wild that's stuff. dedication yeah uh, i mean i guess they're only really relevant for one month out of the year so they have a lot of time to to get this stuff ready yeah you know, well they went above and beyond i would say um what is the mcgonagall costume like involve like are you mcgonagall from the movie is it is it that yes it, it actually explicitly says uh this officially licensed costume is based on the outfit worn by dame maggie smith in the films which one um because they changed the costumes quite a bit uh i think that this looks very first movie to me she has a big normal witch hat she has the pointy shoulders and like the green that's pretty cool sleeves. it's pretty yeah i'm gonna say not the worst costume I've seen on here, honestly. I think that um, I think that when I'm an old lady, I would probably dress as McGonagall for Halloween. That seems pretty cool, right? Yeah, that's, you could definitely do worse. Um, you could definitely do worse because I'm now looking at the Voldemort costume. Uh-oh. Uh, which has a horrifying mask, giant gloves, uh, looks kind of like a trash bag. Does and Voldemort also he's have wearing... giant hands? <laughs> This one does, I guess. This one is also wearing uh, all black Tims. He's wearing some big old work boots. Oh, uh, sure. He's this is this is NYC Voldemort, I guess. Um, product description: 
Hey, he who must not be named, grab your Death Eaters and make some mayhem at Halloween parties this year. You guys will have a great time casting the Dark Mark and making Harry Potter pay for his infantile rebellion. We don't know what the Dark Lord likes to do at parties, to be fair. He might be the kind of guy who hangs out in the kitchen, waiting for the host to come out with more of those biscuits that look like fingers. Or maybe he's the kind of guy that's always outside gossiping with that girl who's always vaping. Wait, we should say plotting. We can't see him as the guy in the middle of the dance floor, but hey, we've been surprised before. Oh my gosh. I, there's so many tiny details in this I love. <laughs> um, first of all, Voldemort killed Harry's parents on Halloween. Um, uh-huh. I just, I, I don't know why no one knows this. Everyone and it literally never comes up. Um, I know we memorialize the battle at Hogwarts. We memorialize like all sorts of things that happen in the books. But the, like, inciting incident of these stories <laughs> just kind of goes uh-huh. unremarked upon. Like, that's probably what Voldemort does on Halloween, is he kills Harry's parents. Um, I love, love, love this detail about um, him chatting up the girl vaping. Yeah, what is that? I I have to say, I, w- I, had a, I had a party time. A time in my life where I went to a lot of parties and, uh-huh. and did a number on my liver, for sure. Um I haven't, I I didn't really go to parties, like, vaping was kind of after my party time, so I I can't relate to this specific experience, um, like, of knowing the person at the party who's out vaping. I have to assume it's it's smoke, it's it's a person that's out smoking, right? Like, it has to kind of map, but I love, I love that the detail is that they're vaping. I to me, I I just picture that classic vine of the girl doing the smoke ring trick with a vape, and and the guy looking at the camera going "wow," uh, but it's Voldemort. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot here. Um, now I'm moving on to adult deluxe plus size Dumbledore costume. Uh, and uh, so I guess here's the the other most powerful wizard, uh, uh, the good guy. Dumbledore is one cool dude. Why? Well, let's count a few of the reasons. First, the obvious one. He's the headmaster at Hogwarts. They don't just hand that title out to any old muggle off the street with a nice beard. Nope. You really have to know your wizard stuff to get that job. Second, he's got great taste in snacks. Lemon drops, sweet and sour, and one little tiny candy. They're the best, and anyone that tries to tell you differently obviously just doesn't have the refined taste of a master wizard. Finally, his full name is Albus Albus Percival Wolfric Brian Dumbledore. We couldn't think of a more epic name if we tried. Any guy with Wolfric as part of their middle name is legendary. You might think to yourself, I want to be as cool as epic as the wizard from Harry Potter. Well, normally that would not be possible, especially if you're a muggle like us, unfortunately. But now you can realize that dream with this authentic Dumbledore costume. Dumbledore is so epic. I'm always always saying that every time Dumbledore shows up in the chapters, I just have to take a moment where I say Dumbledore is so epic in this chapter. He's so fucking epic all the time. That speech Uh, he made in the chapters about the Triwizard Tournament was so legendary. Yeah. uh, Fucking legend. (laughs) Uh, Absolute, absolute unit Dumbledore. Um, uh, These are so good. I'm, I'm spoiled for choice here. Because all of them, uh, just, I'm going to pick this one. Um, we're going to get do deluxe Harry Potter Dobby toddler costume. I I have to imagine that Dobby, like, like parents dress their kids up as Dobby a lot. That's just going to be my yeah. assumption. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, probably. Which is There's a, a lot weird. Of... My kid's a slave. Dobby is a free elf. That's true. My kid is a free. My kid is a free elf. <laughs> my kid is the is the mascot of the Libertarian Party. Um, okay. <laughs> Here we go. Life's a chore. There is no one that's hard, as hardworking as the wizarding world as the house elves. Mm, yes. Yeah. Hermione doesn't approve of fancy wizard households letting them do all the housework for generations on end. We get it. All creatures should have their freedoms. But really, chores are what house elves do. They're like silent roommates that not only pick up after themselves and you, but they'll also repaint the house, rewire the lighting, and trim the bushes. You are describing a slave. <laughs> uh that's someone you'll want around. Now, we muggles might have robots that clean our floors, but we haven't quite learned how to lure house elves into our homes. Not that we'd want any creatures to feel compelled to clean our houses without fair compensation, Hermione. Encourage your little one to embrace a chore-rich lifestyle with this simply adorable <laughs> Dobby outfit. Because if your little one is going to be a house elf, they're going to be one with a sense of freedom. That's really fucked up. Okay, uh, I need to read the, there's the product details, which is, is less interesting. And then there's a, a, a second, like, lore paragraph here, costume lore. Are you putting together the Harry Potter crew? We simply can't understand how Hogwarts would be the same without this smart little fellow. Pair up Dobby with his ally, Hermione, as well as the rest of the Gryffindor crew and their professors. There's no limit to how many people can pair together to make the wizarding world come to life. This sounds like an RPG. Like, yeah, you you always run Dobby if you're running Hermione because they have great synergy. Uh, they have <laughs> they have a strong ally bonus. <laughs> Okay, that's this Harry, wait, that's the Harry Potter game I want. Where's the Harry Potter like tactics RPG? Oh, the Harry Potter grid game? Yeah. That actually sounds pretty I would play that. That sounds aw. Okay. What I want specifically is I want a grid game where you play as the house elves and you're rebelling in Hogwarts and you're beating up all the professors <laughs> and students. But the Hogwarts house elf rebellion game. Yeah. That sounds kick-ass. This one is not technically a Harry Potter costume. But it is relevant, uh, I think, to to our previous discussion. This is the women's spellcasting schoolgirl costume. Oh, I love I love a good women's spellcasting schoolgirl costume. Yeah. Uh, the wisdom of the wand. There are a lot of lessons to learn when you're immersing yourself in magic. You have to be super patient. You can't give up even when certain spells are frustrating you. Maybe you can't transform into a cat right away. Maybe at first you simply grow eyes or your voice gains a purring quality. And yes, your <laughs> classmates might be able to transform before you. When that happens, just remember all the things you rocked immediately. You disarmed your friend's wand on the first try. You could easily call your books from across the room. You even rocked at riding the broomstick in 24 hours. So just remember, when you reach a magical hiccup, part of the wisdom of the wand is all about the human skills of patience and confidence. Get the right witchy look with this sleek, sultry ensemble. Anything is possible when you've got the right amount of confidence. That's a uh, very inspiring. Yeah. Just uh, get it right in the broom, huh? Yeah. Hmm. You. Uh, is it? Uh, is it? it? An, is it knockoff Harry Potter or is it just like a witch costume? It's pretty Harry Potterish. It's like got Gryffindor colors. Oh, okay. It's got like the British school skirt and stuff. Sure. It's just like. It, it is just like Hermione costume, but with midriff, right, I would say. Right. Slightly um, Hermione costume. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. Mm -hmm. It is also listed as A plus Alakazams. What? Um, I, it, it just says that. I, I don't know why. I don't why. know what that means. Yeah. 
Well, we're going to move on from fake Hermione to real Hermione. Oh, sure. This is women's deluxe Hermione costume. In the muggle world, it's definitely not acceptable to pick up a twig, point it at your enemy, and say Crucio. Nope. However, in the wizarding world, that's how people deal with their problems, and we have to say, we think that might be the way to go. Wait, what? (laughs) Wait. (laughs) Hold on. (laughs) This is for a Hermione costume? This is the first paragraph of three uh, for the Hermione costume. I... I really, uh, because I know we read some of the Mario costume descriptions, and I just really want to believe that whoever this person that I still think is just one person that wrote all of these um, Mm -hmm. has somehow been living in, like, Plato's cave and is not familiar (laughs) and is not familiar with any of these franchises. The shadow of Hermione dances on the wall, but he cannot interact with it. Um, <laughs> think back to the last time that you had an issue with someone, whether it was a coworker, family member, or friend. You most likely solved the problem by sitting down and talking it out with them. You know, like responsible and mature adults. But how boring is that? We think that witches and wizards have the right idea. Wouldn't it be more exciting to duke it out using magic? You could put a spell on them to make them cluck like a chicken. They'd cast a counter spell on you to turn your legs into jello, and you'd literally have green gelatin for legs. That sounds like the best way to end a disagreement. Um, I'm going to disagree. Um, <laughs> this, uh, I, I love that they just went with this premise, though. Yeah, they it, do you want me do you want to find out how they finally pivoted into Hermione? Yeah, please tell me. Yeah, I need I need your judgment on this about yeah. whether they did it well. So next time you get into a spat with someone, we urge you to fix it the witchy way. Wear this women's deluxe Hermione costume, which looks exactly like the Gryffindor house uniform. It features a pleated skirt, collared shirt, and button-up sweater, and also comes with a hooded robe. Once you have on the authentic-looking costume, go up to the person you're not getting along with and start bombarding them with spells. Expelliarmus, Imperio, Expecto Patronum. You and the person you were at odds with will start laughing so hard at the ridiculousness of the situation that you'll forget what your beef was in the first place. And just like magic, your disagreement will disappear into thin air. That is such a method. That's a great method of conflict resolution. Oh, yeah. Not talking about the problem and and getting dressing up in a costume. Not 100 percent clear, honestly, um, what was actually resolved there. But hey, you know. Yeah, because you go from you know wanting to torture someone horribly, um, but then it's yes. just it's just all goofs, you know. You dress up, it's all, and you just you just pretend to cast spells at them, and before you know it, you just don't don't even remember what the argument was. That's a very yeah. touching yeah. story. It sounds yeah, like weirdly specific. <laughs> it sounds almost like this happened, or or they want this to happen. This whoever wrote this is desperately waiting uh to 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 read is this like the the, what's the fucking miley cyrus song then next time we hang out i will redeem myself my heart can't rest till then why i just can't wait to dress up as hermione and point a wand at you and yell spells until we both forget what we're arguing about i have no idea what you're talking about that is the craziest thing i've ever heard i know literally one miley cyrus song and it's the wrecking ball song well, boy, is my face red then. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I'm sure, 
that that is a song. I'm, I do, I'm sure that that is a Miley Cyrus song. Like I believe you, but I've never, I've never heard that in my life. Like I, I know, I know the Wrecking Ball song, and I know the like theme song from the Hannah Montana TV show. You don't know Party in the USA? Oh, I guess, I guess I know that name. Okay. Well, this isn't the, This wasn't Party in the USA. Yeah. It's it's a different one. It's uh I think it's just called Just Being Miley or something. Oh. I didn't well, know you were a fan. Uh hmm. I'll send you some <laughs> links after this, I guess. Uh it's it's is quite a funny song. Uh moving on. Uh I'm I'm gonna resolve this conflict by never <laughs> never talking about it ever again. Uh this is the adult adult union suit slither in Harry Potter. Oh, I can. I have a, a vivid picture of what that is. <laughs> the adult union suit Slytherin Harry Potter. Uh, for those of you at home, that this is a a picture of a man wearing, I guess, pajamas, kind of, but are also robes and and quite a majestic hood. Mm-hmm. Um, I really don't know what a union suit is. It's it's an that. adult union suit. I I guess I. I can picture a union suit, but it's just that. <laughs> you know? <laughs> just this picture. Yeah. yeah. Slytherin students are known for their ambition. In the Harry Potter books, they spend all of their time and energy trying to reach a prestigious position within the wizarding world. They're cooking up schemes, crafting new dangerous spells, and sometimes they're even vying for a spot as the world's next evil wizard. They don't have time to waste putting on 20 different pieces of clothing to meet Hogwarts' ridiculous wardrobe requirements. That's why some of the more ingenious students have found a way to cheat the system. Oh, is a union suit just like, hey, my costume is just all one thing and I don't have to. I mean, it's not a costume. It's I mean, it's it's a thing, right? I did not know that. I I was not aware of. I mean, like I know pajamas and, and long johns and stuff. I've never actually heard of a union suit. Yeah, because they're, like, they're just like shirt. footy pajamas, okay. but they don't have footies, you know? Okay. All right. All right. It's, I, I it's just, just I didn't know that. My turn to not know know this thing, I guess. Like, you know, you don't know a Miley Cyrus song. I don't know what a union suit is. Hey, that's fair that's, enough. That's fair enough. Um, instead of wearing a dress, a sh- dress shirt, a tie, a jacket, and a robe, they've crafted a single-piece garment that looks like a Hogwarts uniform. While not technically within dress code, most professors will never be able to tell that you're not wearing the full garb. I think they will, honestly. This is quite a... Oh, yeah. Uh, quite a look. Um, okay. All right. I've learned what a union suit is. I will post this picture on the Twitter because it is fucking incredible. Do you think Voldemort has a union suit? Oh, man. I uh, We watch a lot of AMVs, right? I, I promise I'll, oh, I'll yeah. get around to this. And it's like, there's this scene, and I don't know if it's from Half-Blood Prince. It's when Harry's having, like, visions of Voldemort, I think. Um, oh, right, yes. And there's yes. one shot that is always in every AMV, and it's of Voldemort from the movie, presumably from either six or one of the seven movies. Um, and he's standing at a train station or, like, a subway station or something, and he sees Voldemort through the crowd, and he's standing there and he's wearing like a slim fit black suit kind of similar to like the draco malfoy evil black suit um Uh and and and, you know voldemort if you can picture him from the movie he's very very pale and he doesn't have the nose um and looks like voldemort um and in that shot 
he looks like Slender Man to me. Like, I don't see that. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's Voldemort. I'm like, why did they put Slender Man in Harry Potter? Um, Because Voldemort wouldn't wear like a muggle suit. It doesn't make sense to me. It really bothers me. And it's in every AMV, probably because it looks sexy. Um, And I think I would prefer that scene if he was just like there wearing a union suit. Like just in it's a pajamas. dream sequence, right? I yeah. <laughs> he should have the hood. Make sure the pointy hood is there, so he looks all goofy. Yeah, he's got his nightcap on. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. That that scene pops up a lot in AMVs. I don't remember what the fuck it is, but it looks very stupid. He's just also he looks very stylish. Like it's this, it's the same thing because they do it to Draco too. Because Draco wears that like sinister looking like slim fit black suit. Um, yeah, and they just put Voldemort in it also. Which they just look like waiters to me. Like they don't look they don't look stylish or cool. They just look like they're gonna ask me if I've got enough breadsticks. Yeah. Like, or like, would you like to see the like they're gonna tell me about Dom Perignon and what he said when he, he first tasted champagne. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, uh yeah. I, I I can't wait to figure out what the fuck the context of that scene is. Yeah. Because I actually haven't I two seen more the last you. movie. I don't know if that's Ooh. what it's from. Ooh. Okay, two more. Give me another yeah, one. Yeah, two more for you. These are these are important. Uh, I'm going to read the full description on both of these, all right? Sure. So this is Newt Scamander Fantastic Beasts Where to Find Them Newt Scamander Coat Costume. Sure. Uh, so you're a famed magizoologist and the author of Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. You've done pretty well for yourself, considering that you seem to get yourself caught in unwitting excuse me, seem to get yourself unwittingly caught up in an endless number of scrapes and schemes. Mm. We probably should have known that trouble tends to follow you everywhere, being that you basically got expelled from Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry, Hufflepuff House represent, through <laughs> a punishment that was never actually enforced thanks to old Dumbledore. Who took it up? Who took up for you and protested that you were innocents? That is their typo, not mine. Um, pretty lucky to have some high friends in high places, a eh, nudie. You got your feet. You got your feed wet again. Their typo, not mine. In the Ministry of Magic by hanging out in the office of Hellswell Relocation. Hmm. Before you finally accomplished your dream of joining the Beast Division and thus landed a commission to write the best-selling book that would become the standard for magical beast study and knowledge and make you a world, excuse me, and world-famous icon, their typo, not mine, uh, world-famous expert. Good on you, Newt. Who knew that being so fascinated with hippogriffs as a young chap would take a boy so far? Probably Dumbledore, TBH. But your adventures aren't over yet, and in order to get out there and get the magical creatures business done, you have to get the right clothes for the job. And that's where this Newt's Commander coat from Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them comes in. This officially licensed coat will have you looking dapper with its faux leather trim at the cuffs and pocket flaps, while also being quite practical in its long length and functional double pockets. Now get out there and make some more magical discoveries. Okay, I have two things to say about this. One, is it uh-huh. just a coat? Like, is this going to be like it's the kind of costume? just the coat. Is it like, this is kind of the kind of costume that you get and is a costume, but then also you got a sweet coat. No, this is just the coat that they're selling here. Oh. Um, it's just a cosplay coat. It looks okay, I guess, considering it's like 80 bucks. Sure. I think if you were going for serious cosplay, you'd probably be better served by just going out and like finding a blue pea coat somewhere. Right? But, yeah, you know. I probably wouldn't go if to HalloweenCostumes.com. 
Yeah, if you're just going to buy the coat for your costume and you're willing to drop 80 bucks, I feel like you should probably hit up like a military surplus store or something, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, My second thing to say is that um, the name Newt said nudie. It's like you can't say it without being nudie, like a, with a D, <laughs> like he's nude. <laughs> nudie. Yeah, that's it. Nude. Well, that's that's the shocking, most shocking twist in the new movie that everyone's talking about is that under the coat, he's just not wearing anything. Yeah, nude is a nudie. Yeah, it's new one. All right. So I did say uh, that I was going to do two more. That was one. Are you ready for the next one? Yeah, I am. Because they are related. So this one is the Tina Goldstein coat costume. Okay. Are you ready for the product description? Yes. All right, you remember how long the last one was? I, I know it was kind of a big one. Are, are you are you are you strapped in for this one? Yeah, I'm I'm ready ready to ready to listen. This is a Tina Goldstein coat from Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Is that it? That's it. That's the whole description. You know, I have to say, like, there <laughs> this is a website with probably hundreds of costumes on it, right? Yeah, and we've we've looked at a lot of them, like. A lot of very long descriptions. They're all different, like you remarked, like seven different Bowsers, and they all have different descriptions. Uh-huh. But it's all falling Something's apart. Something's gotta like, give. Like Newt's was a was long, right? But there were a bunch of typos in it. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of errors. And then by the time they did this one, they just ran out of time. I feel like what happened is like these are new costumes, right? Like these are, are newer. So they didn't have that whole year to work on them. Cause they're literally coming out because <laughs> it's related to the fantastic beasts marketing. Right. So it was like, Oh shit. Yeah. I got to do all of these new, the new batch that came in. Uh, uh-huh. And there was no time. Honestly, I don't have anything yeah. else to say about Tina either. So I don't blame him. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess what uh, you, you're a, you're a freaking epic cop. <sighs> yeah. Um, you're freaking epic cop, a cop, and you sold your friends out twice, but they still love you for some reason. Good thing uh, you didn't get executed that one time in the execution chamber, <laughs> but you went back to work anyway. I hate that <laughs> yeah, fucking <you> work- movie. <laughs> Can't wait for the sequel. Um, I'm just noting here, they have a Queenie Goldstein scarf. Uh, the sexy sister lady. Sure. And and uh, the description is three paragraphs. So I maybe they just don't like Tina. Me neither. I'm so I'm yeah, so on board yeah, with fair. the person that wrote this copy. Yeah. Uh, I'm just double checking. Do they have any? Oh no. Okay. They have a Tina Goldstein hat, and that has a longer description. I think they just ran out of time for for this coat. It's a coat. What more yeah. do you want? Yeah. Yeah, well, I hope that this has inspired everyone. Uh, you know, we're coming up on Halloween. It'll be a couple days before the holiday uh, when this episode goes live. So, you know, th- maybe you can throw something together uh, based off of uh, any inspiration that we've given you here. I mean, I assume that everyone that listens to this is dressing up as Dobby. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I would hope so. Um, you know, Dobby is... Uh, an important character for all of us, and uh, a little spooky. You know, I think he fits. Yeah, I think that's a good Halloween costume. I agree. You should get that scary mask that that's always on these sites. Uh, yeah, you want nothing more at a Halloween party to be stuck wearing a wearing a Dobby mask, <laughs> a rubber mask that you can't take off. 
uh, that is probably going to give you brain damage because you're inhaling shitty rubber all night. <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. I think Vape Girl um, will love it, though. Vape Girl will love it. Um, but Voldemort's already talking to her, so fuck. Gotta crucio yeah. that guy out of there. Oh, that's right. And then, yeah. Yep, yep, that's that's it. That's <laughs> that's the way it's gonna go, and that's our show. Our theme song is Hot McGonagall by Cheshire Moon, uh, although not using them this month just because it's Spooky Dark Arts Month, but please give them a look on Bandcamp. They are great, and thank you very much to them for letting us use the music. Uh, you can find us on Patreon. We have so much bonus content uh, for you now. We're, we're doing bonus episodes. We're talking about the fault in our stars. We're interviewing Jordan B. Peterson. <laughs> we're uh, we're reading the fault in our stars. Uh, we're we are talking about weird scam book scams on the internet there's so much stuff to discover if you would just give us a few bucks we would really appreciate it and be able to keep producing more content and of course uh reviews on itunes and like are always super helpful and we appreciate all the feedback we get and if you have any questions for the show our email is shriekcast at gmail.com now it is time for our new tradition (laughs) of in real time me asking you what we're reading next week because I forgot again to ask you during the break. Luckily, I was prepped and was looking ahead while you were uh, doing our spiel. Uh, so Hell I'm just yeah. going to make an executive decision here and say we're doing chapter 14, The Unforgivable Curses, and we're going to do chapter 15, which is Bobatons and Durmstrang. I'm also going to practice saying Bobatons uh, in, oh, yeah. in, in the I, next I'm... week because I can't tell if I should do it with like a French kind of kind of th- little flourish there or if i should just Bo-baton. say it like a dumb american where i just say bow baton <laughs> oui, oui, so, uh, baguette yeah we'll we'll see Champagne. i'm gonna workshop that one uh <laughs> thank you <laughs> so that's what we're reading we're just doing two chapters uh they're they're a little long but but that short should do us Ooh, let's go yeah so we'll work on that. I'm going to try to talk you out of doing that. Um, and I'll, I'll work on mine. Um, but it's going to be important. I'm putting brie on my baguette. Wahoo. <laughs> It'll be worth it because Crimes of Grindelwald and we're going to be in Paris too. So we'll have yeah, to. We are going to watch the uh, Crimes of Grindelwald movie. Oui, oui. Your, your French got worse. <laughs> <laughs> like you started and I was like, yeah, that's pretty, pretty good. And it definitely got worse. Um as you went it sort of like became like italian a little bit <laughs> yeah yeah it kind of did uh, it's all europe yep whatever <laughs> okay well no matter where you are no matter what accent you use please read another book please read another book